going to spend a lot of time on announcements. Uh, if you are, if you have been part of 21 Days of Prayer, where we've had one person come every day for one hour of prayer in the worship center, uh, I want to thank you. We have two spots open this week. We need people to fill in Thursday and Friday. All right, we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday covered. We need Thursday, Friday, and we have Saturday covered. So if you have not and you've been on the fence, well, this is you jumping off the fence and going to the back to the calendar and flipping to February and signing up for that one hour. You get the prayer guidelines uh, to lead you through the one hour, and it will go quicker than, than you even know. So that's uh, this week coming up. Uh, if you want to fast with everybody, uh, we're fasting on Mondays, back to Mondays this year. You can fast one meal. You can fast two meals. You can fast the whole 24 hours, but we're uh, talking about not eating food for a period of time. And uh, I talked about that last week, so if you want to hear the, the push behind that, go find us on YouTube and watch uh, last week's message. Um, and uh, the last thing we're doing is 50 weeks in the Word. One chapter for every week, one memory verse for every week, studied on Wednesday at Wednesday night Bible study. So we're going to put our week's memory verse up there. And if you haven't signed up for this, don't feel like you're an outcast because you didn't memorize the verse. That's okay. Uh, this is just for people who've signed up. So we're in John 1, verse 1. Everybody look at it. Get, get, uh, remember it, let it come back to your brain. Okay, we're going to take it off, and then we're going to say it together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1. one. I always forget the citation. It's all right. Uh, another quick announcement. On your way out, there's going to be baby bottles on the table. Uh, on your right, on your way out, you'll be able to grab them. The, the, the concept is you take a baby bottle home and you fill it with uh, change, some cash if you have an extra couple dollars, you put a check in it, and then uh, you'll return it here and we'll take it to the Pregnancy Resource Center. And it's part of what they are doing as a fundraiser. Um, we were talking, my wife and I were talking to Vicki, who's the the, the, the leader of the Pregnancy Resource Center, and she said that they have sent out over a 1,000 bottles in the last little bit of time. So the, the resources will come in. If you want to grab one, they will be there on your way out. They are not right, there, right now, but they will be there on their way out. Two more messages, or two more announcements. Next Sunday, after, uh, at, uh, uh, during the evening at 6 p.m., I'm going to have another Kingdom Basics night here I'm going to teach about speaking in tongues um, because uh, the women went to a conference. We're going to places where people don't uh, generally believe the same things about what we believe here about speaking in tongues. So I just want to have clarity on what Faith Church and what myself believes about speaking in tongues. So that's going to be next Sunday at 6 o'clock. You'll want to be here uh, for that. And then lastly, if I could have... Pat Farron and Lloyd and Michael Hamilton, Rachel and Jeff. If you guys could stand, just stand up. You don't have to come up here, Pat. Don't get so presumptuous, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
These are the people that are going to be volunteering, helping, and leading the youth uh, for the next month. Pat's going to be on Sunday mornings uh, in, with Bible study at 9 a.m. for the youth. Um, the men are going to be rotating, leading uh, on Wednesday nights, and Rachel has been helping out with uh, the, the young women at, at youth uh, for about six months or so. Um, so if, if you have uh, questions about what's coming up, you can come to me, you can find them, but I just want to recognize the people who are stepping in to the large void. See, this is how many people it takes. You guys can sit down. This is how many people it takes to fill one thing that Tim does at church. That's, I just want yep. to point that out. Before we get started, I want to tell you a story about Tim. I was, I was leading, I was going to lead the church in a certain direction. We were going to go, uh, I was going to go a certain way. Um, wasn't completely sure about it, but it was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, and then, I don't know, about a week later, Tim came up to me and he said, Charles, I need to tell you, I, I had a vision. And there are a lot of people um, in the realms of spiritual gifts and prophecy and things like that that will use visions and dreams and prophetic words to manipulate, and that is not Tim. So when he said, I had a vision, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. And he told me his vision, and the vision, along with some other counsel that I had received, was basically confirming, hey, Charles, you're going the wrong way. You're going to lead the church somewhere where you should not lead them. And then, Tim, I don't even know if I, I told you this, but so I didn't. So I stopped. I said, okay, we're not going to do that. We'll do something else. We'll figure something else out. We won't do that. Nobody knows this. So only the, the elders were privy to it, a couple other people, and we didn't. And then, I don't know if I ever told you, Tim, but it was confirmed to me later in two different ways that what Tim told me was correct, right? And so I owe him a debt of gratitude for saving me in that moment. But I also want to say this. That's what the voice of God does. Right? The voice of God shapes realities. If you'll stand with me. The voice of God changes directions in our lives, the, the very voice of God, whether it's a prophetic word or a vision or a dream, it has the effect of radically transforming who we are and what we can do. And so this morning, when we worship, when we worship, our worship is initiated because God first loved us. Our worship is initiated because God condescended to us. But then we respond, right? And so because he condescended, because he's here in our midst, we respond to him by singing together words of praise and adoration. And then it doesn't stop there. He then again says, okay, I started it, you continued it, I'm going to continue it. So he speaks to us in the midst of our worship. He speaks to us in the midst of what we do when we gather together to sing. So let's go with that mind frame into our singing time, into our praise time.
that He speaks. And let's keep that mind frame as, as Tim will come to preach. That He speaks. And He wants to show you who He is. Father, we love You. We bless You. We honor You. Thank You, Jesus, for making the pathway straight for us to enter into Your presence. And Holy Spirit, meet us there. In Jesus' name, amen. Just begin to lift your voice to the Lord right where you are. Just fill this room with praise. We're just going to enter right in this morning. Tim, all the honor and the glory and the praise goes to Jesus. So we honor him, but we don't magnify his name. We magnify the name of Jesus for it is holy and it's holy forever.
verse that the Lord gave me this morning in regards to Pastor Tim. Paul says, I am obligated both to the Greeks and the non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish, basically the saved and the unsaved, the black and the white and the Asian and the Latino. He was obligated to take the gospel to everyone. And it says, this is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentiles. Tim Lowry has a passion to preach the gospel because he, he understands it is the power of God unto salvation. And so we send him, we send him from this place to declare the gospel. And this next song basically is the gospel. And he takes this word to Greenway, to the Boone area. Oh, take it, Tim.
of heaven held his breath till that storm was moved for good for the land that conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in all and the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born
in and lean into you today, God. Lord, speak to us. Draw us to you, God. May walls be broken down. May addictions be broken. May salvation come. May your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Good morning. If uh, you're a guest with us today, uh, I'm Tim, uh, Pastor Tim Lowry, and this is the last message that I am going to be bringing as a staff member here, and I just thank you all for being here. I do want to say that uh, hopefully you just experienced the power of his presence as we worshiped. If you didn't, then you're sitting too far back. <laughs> and you might need to move up a couple rows. Because uh, it was pretty thick up here in the front. <laughs> and if uh, you're sitting there in the front and you didn't feel it, we might need to check your temperature or your, make sure you got a pulse. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's got an extra. <laughs> yeah. can't tell you the privilege it is to be able to uh, have served here at Faith, to be able to be a part of the family, and still, I want you to know that I still feel like you are my family, that uh, even though I may not be serving right here, we are still going to be serving with the body of Christ, and that, um, oh yeah, thank you, that worship was so thick, I done got sidetracked. Before I do forget, if you are a uh, child and young at heart, we do have our clipboards. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Come down front and get those, those that are normally in kids' church. If you're in kids' church, you get to come first. So come on down. If we have extras after our kids' church kids, then, you know, those bigger kids, especially those at heart, can, can get some. Thank Jesus is calling. <laughs> you need two. There you go. Oh, one, two. You got one? Uh-huh. You need two? Uh-huh. You need two? Or just one? Just one. Just one? Just one. You want that? I think that's a good choice. <laughs> All right. 
Have one. One left. It's going once. Oh. Oh. Here you go. If you, uh, if you were still there, you waited too long. All right. As I was talking about that worship, I hope we never take being in his presence for granted. That we don't, we don't come in here and experience this and, and just take that for granted. That God is at work and that uh, soak up that moment, but don't let it go to waste. Worship him and realize he's called us to a purpose. He's got something for us. Um, if you got, if you were able to get a copy of the uh, PowerPoint, you know that there's a lot of slides, and there's even more than in there. But uh, I like Acts chapter 20 because you know right before this, one of my favorite stories, as Paul's going on and on through the night, uh, there's this guy named Eutychus that's sitting there in the window, and uh, he gets a little tired around midnight and falls out of the window and he dies. And then Paul goes down there and with the power of the Holy Spirit raises him back to dead and then he comes back up there and they eat and they keep going. So, uh, you know, 40 slides or whatever, we might be here till midnight. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to be the volunteer to sit in the windowsill. <laughs> Any takers on that one? We'll pray for you. But I don't know if Words can be adequate in a farewell sermon. There's not enough words of thanks or enough ways to say how much we love you and how much we care about you. And I, I know that I'm the one that's up here, but I know Holly and my boys would want to say the same thing. That uh, Just thank you for all of those things that you have been there. But I do want to make sure I try to leave you a challenge today. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about him. And that's how I tried to live my life. And I want to challenge you that if your life is just about yourself, live for something more. Live for Him. But before you can live for Him, you've got to come to know Him. So as we dig in, and Pastor Charles, I need to ask you, because I was half out, half in, and talking to people. Did you already cover the 50 weeks? Okay, I'm sorry. I meant to ask you, and I just did not get there. To uh, I wanted to make sure. I put this in there, and... Um, I uh, wanted to cover, we'll skip that since I already have uh, so many other things as well. I, I didn't put in last week's. I want y'all to think about this. Just When I was in school, uh, I was in a Christian school, I had a, a great Bible teacher. Now, none of us liked him during the time because he made us do a lot of work. But now that I am older, I really appreciate a lot of the things. And one of the things he challenged me with when we started that first week in August was every week he gave us a Bible verse. And then by the end of the year... Um, we had to know them all. He'd only test us on 10 at a time. But we had to know them all. So I don't know if Charles is going to give you a test at the end of 50 weeks. <laughs> but I'll just say, don't learn it just for a week. Um, a lot of those verses that I learned back then at, in high school, in this Christian school that poured into me, now I cannot necessarily give them to you word for word, but God's written it in my heart and, uh, and it's pretty, I can get pretty close on a lot of those. And uh, it, it means a lot to be able to pull those back and to, uh, to have those. Because when, when 
trials and things come hard and you remember that scripture and you're able to pull it back out, you know that God's promises are going to be true. So I just challenge y'all, maybe think about that. Maybe there's a test at the end uh, there for you as well. Um, just want to thank you. And if you aren't sure, uh, if you are new, uh, that's my wife, Holly, and my oldest, Jackson, and then my middle son, Josiah, and then Jace, who kind of has the weird look there, being held by Holly. He wasn't real sore about any more pictures at this point. He was ready to, to go. But uh, just uh, thank you again for being there as we have a chance just to worship with you as staff one more time. But we're still going to be close. We're not moving to Boone uh, just yet. And um, uh, if you ever need anything, we'll still be here to, to do all we can because we're part of the same family. And so uh, I know this was part of one of the things Charles was saying, but I still feel like it goes even for today is having that healthy balance. If you only pursue spiritual discipline without experience, you risk having a legalistic mindset. If you only pursue experience without being rooted in spiritual disciplines, then you risk being tossed to and fro. And experience gives life to discipline, and discipline gives lasting change to experience. It's how it all works hand in hand. You've got to have both. It's not one or the other. And so I just want to challenge you with that. Hopefully that comes through today. And then just remembering that experience still has to be lined up even with God's Word. Is that um, sometimes we'll experience things and you start to wonder, you know, was that from God or from the enemy? And you've still got to take that back to His Word. So as we dig in today, that leaving a legacy in Acts chapter 20. And I hope that that's something that I have been able to do. And I hope that if you've never thought about it, that you want to leave a legacy. If you're a father, leaving a legacy for your family, leaving a legacy for others to follow as you blaze that trail in the Christian life. But as today is, it is that last sermon, I don't like goodbyes. Goodbyes aren't really fun. And I really don't like see you later. But let's say see you soon. Is kind of... Um, how I want to want to think about it. So as we dig in, if you've got a Bible, join us as Acts chapter 20. We'll start in verse 17. Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you, the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you, none among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. 
I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the people after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver, or gold, or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by my working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord. As we just dig into his word, let's just start with prayer again. God, we just pray that your word would speak. There's so many truths, Lord, to dig out. So many things to say, God. But Lord, I want to say what you want me to say. Holy Spirit, come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we were praying this morning before the service, I just felt like God was saying that there's some walls that needed to come down. Maybe it's walls even in my own heart. Maybe there's some walls here. Maybe it's just because we have squeaky floors. But as people were walking, all I could think about was Jericho. And then I was thinking about the trumpet and the walls were coming down. As I sit there and prayed, I pray that God's wall, that God would bring down those walls in your life. But then you have to go in. You know, the walls came down, but they still had to go in. If God starts to tear down those walls, you've still got to press in. So today we're going to celebrate God's provision in the past. Now today, can we just pretend that celebrate starts with an S? <laughs> because I needed it to start with an S, but you know, I didn't spell it wrong because I don't want kids to mess it up, but you know, let's just pretend... I'm sure somebody has spelled it with an S in the past, so it kind of sounds like it should go there. But in verse 18, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia. I've tried to live an open life here for, uh, I think, 16-ish years. I don't know. It's hard to keep the count but there, but been here for a long time, but tried to live an open life so that you could see me, that I wasn't just here on Sunday or here on Wednesday, that I was available and tried to be open to whatever guy was needing or whatever trying to serve the flock was. And I felt like God kind of showed me that being a Christian is not about what we do or what church we attend. It is who we are. It's so much more than what we're doing right here. When we leave here, it's who we are. And I also felt like it's much better to see a sermon than to hear one. 
that uh, many times I know that I've been fed right here from Pastor Charles, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Dave. And I can remember some of those key things from time to time, but one of the things that really stood out to me was how they lived their life. I saw them living, not just what they said from right here, I saw it lived out. And that's what changes it. It's, not, it's one thing to stand up here, it's another thing to live it out. It's much better to see it lived than just being taught. But you need both. So let's make sure we celebrate God's provision in the past. Verse 19 says, Serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. Serve the Lord with humility. Whoa. Amen. (laughs) The motive for Paul's ministry is to serve the Lord with all humility. Paul served by loving people. And Paul loved them enough that he was willing to tell them the truth, even if that meant they were going to take his life. And so I've tried to tell the truth, always tried to find a way to encourage as I tell the truth, but never try to back away from what I feel like God has told me. And then sometimes, unfortunately, the emotional side came out, I didn't always say it the way I would have wanted to say it. But I felt God had called me to say it, and I didn't know how. So if I've ever blurted it out or it came out wrong, know that I just felt like God had told me to say it. Maybe I didn't deliver it well, and please forgive me. But I said it because I cared about you. It's because I loved you, and I wanted to see God work in your life. And I know he had so much more for you than whatever it was or where you were going. And it's hard to be humble. I try to be humble, but as soon as I try to be humble and think that I am, I know that I'm not. And if you think you've arrived, you haven't. And so humble is, and being, uh, living in humility is something to keep on working on, not just for myself, but for all of us, is living that humble life. Because when people see that humble life, it starts to tear down those walls, it starts to open those doors. So live with humility, serve the Lord with humility. I found that it's very easy to get big-headed instead of big-hearted. It's much easier to start looking at all the things God's doing instead of realizing that God need, people need to see God's heart. Don't think about how great I am because everything went well. Think about how God great is because of what he's done. Paul wasn't interested in an easy life or just building wealth. He was interested in serving the Lord with humility. It's always a constant check in my life when I start to see or feel those things. Why am I serving the Lord? making sure that my heart is in the right spot, making sure I'm doing it with the right motives, not about selfishness or what I can gain. So I challenge you with that, with that celebrating that. When serving the Lord, there will be hardships. If you don't believe me, just look at Paul's life. Look at it. Chains, stonings, stones, dead, came back to life, whatever you want to say there. I mean, he he is... He is a perfect example of what a hardship is going to be if you're going to follow the Lord with all your heart. You know, he could have went around as a religious rock star. Because everybody knew him. Everybody wanted to see everywhere he went there was crowds. And he could have lived a much different life, but he chose not to 
not to back away from the controversial things and spoke the truth no matter what and was willing to even give his life for the cause of Christ. The transformation that came. Maybe you're like, well, I can't do that. Well, remember that Paul used to be named Saul and he was essentially holding the coats or the shirts of people that were stoning the first Christ, uh, Stephen, the first uh, Christian martyr. And how God transformed him. So there's nobody that's gone too far. God can still transform you. The manner of Paul's ministry was being consistent example. I've tried to be consistent. I know people have said, well, you've been steady, you've been a pillar. Well, I've tried to be consistent, but if you, there's times that I'm not. Even, no matter who you think is the most consistent, they can still stumble. They can still fall. But get back up. Keep moving forward. Don't quit when it gets tough. Paul didn't quit when it got tough. Maybe he took around some more friends to help him do the ministry, but don't quit when it gets tough. When I start, first started at Faith, yeah, it was really good, but it wasn't too long afterwards that it got kind of tough. Things weren't as easy. Pastor Daniel remembers some of my heart cries to him at that time and some of the battles because it wasn't easy. There was some things and that were going on that there was battles that had to be fought. There was victories that had to be won. God had to go before us. Had to go before me. God had to do some things. And no matter how much I would have tried to have fought my opinion, it wouldn't have mattered. I needed God to go before me. Many of you maybe have had some spiritual battles in your own life. Maybe you feel like the victory you don't see victory in sight, but don't quit. Continue to let God go before you. Keep praying. Keep pressing into Him. How did I not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ? When serving the Lord, we need balance, preaching and teaching. One of the things that I, I think that God has used Pastor Charles to do well here is that whole proclaiming time that we have here and then those small group times. They went house to house. Like we need that whole, we need that balance. You need both. Whether that be Sunday school, small groups, you need that place where you can connect and people get to know you beyond the, hey, how are you doing today? And you say good and you keep moving. We need to do life together. We need to be there together. The focal message of Paul's ministry was repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ. When you look at Paul, he kept the main thing the main thing. Now, Paul liked to talk about deeper things too, but even when he went there, the main thing was still the main thing. Because before anything else could happen, they had to know Jesus they had to know that he had resurrected. They had to know that he was uh, uh, in heaven and he was coming back. They had to know the gospel. And then we can talk about all the rest. And Paul was probably an awesome teacher that could teach you a whole lot about the rest. But the main thing, the gospel was the main thing. And as I was thinking about that, that was one of the things that as I looked on... Um, 
looking back as the weeks have led up to this, like, well, what would I do different? What are things? And as I thought back, a lot of times in the youth, my Wednesday nights became a lot of the uh, salvation part, and my Sunday mornings became a lot of the, the going deeper part. And I started to look through, and I was thinking, God, you know, my prayer is that all of these youth, all of these kids would be deep with you. And as I started to look back, I was thinking that, not that I never went deep on Wednesdays, but a lot of that was the, the mission part, and Sundays was the deeper part. And I started to look at those that came on Sunday. It was a much smaller group. And the ones that came on Sunday are the ones that are much more plugged in. And so I started thinking, I needed more balance. That yes, there had to be the mission, but I needed to focus in a little deeper. So I challenge you, you need both. You've got to find that balance. But I want to see all of them serving. I want to see all of them going deeper. I want to see all of you going deeper. I want to go deeper. So if we sway one way too much, we start to concede or go one way or the other. You've got to have that balance. You've got to keep, kind of keep there. As we continue to think about celebrating the past, I don't want it to be about me, but I do want to think about some trips that God... I have tens of thousands, literally, of pictures. And so I just want to show a few. I'm not gonna, we're not going to dwell here. But this one was something that God did something in my own heart. It was a lot of obedience going to Pittsburgh. I know you can't really tell any faces, but God moved in a mighty way, at least in my life and I think in our youth group's life. We probably experienced American versions of hardships there that we won't f- face anywhere else. American versions. First, just getting there. Um, I think, Pastor Daniel, you had just had Jillian like right around this time as we were going. You, uh, and we were going through our own trials and tribulations of just getting from here to Pittsburgh. The night before we left, um, I didn't even know this had happened, but there was one of the largest derachos, this huge storm that went almost from uh, uh, the whole northern part of West Virginia to the southern tip, and it literally wiped out power. And it wiped it out for like two weeks, and it happened the night before we left. I didn't, uh, I'm usually a news person, but I was so busy getting the trip together, I didn't even know that all this had happened. And so we're going up there, and we get to Princeton, and the lines are really long, as we're going through, and we need gas, but I'm not waiting in line this long. I was like, this is crazy. It's close to July 4th. We're not going to, we'll go on to the next town. Well, lo and behold, as we kept driving, I think Princeton was the last town that had any power. And the further we went, the lower the gas gauge got, and the less uh, people we ran into with power. And we started praying. It's like, God, we need gas. God, we need you to do something. How are we going to get back? I was like, thankfully, we're not that far away. We can call Andy. We can call somebody. And we started calling. It's like, I didn't even think we called Tim. It was like, we don't know what to do. We are, there's no power, and we don't have much gas. And we started praying. And then I, uh, we stopped in this little small town, and I was like, if there's anybody here, maybe we'll find somebody that has a heart and will help us understand what we're trying to do. And as we pulled off, there was a, a sheriff's deputy there, and we told him, we said, you know, we're trying to get to Pittsburgh on a mission trip. We need fuel. And he said, you're literally three miles away from the only gas station around that I know that has generators. And he said, go this way. Now, we got there, and we literally had to wait longer than I've ever waited for gas. <laughs> Probably literally two hours for gas. But we could not make it back. We waited for gas. The gas truck was coming in and was unloading more gas to this gas station since they had power. We were able to get all the gas we needed. They weren't rationing it. Got enough to get us through. God showed up. 
He answered prayers. Now, I will tell you, West Virginia is an extremely scary place when you're driving through and everything is very dark. I have never seen, I have never seen dark like dark there because we, had, we were so delayed from gas and everything. Now, we're driving through West Virginia and you're driving past towns and you're driving past rest areas that are all closed and you can hardly see it because it is dark. But for those that went on that trip, as we came into Pennsylvania and you saw, especially as we saw Pittsburgh, because it was way late when we got there, and the lights were everywhere. And you're like, everybody in that van went, ah. <laughs> we pressed in. We saw two little boys come to know the Lord while we were there. It had been very easy to say, hey, things aren't right. We should turn around. We should wait for our family to bring gas. And let's just go back home. Especially once we got to the building we were staying. I don't even talk about that, but the building and our standards would have been um, condemned. Right, Teresa and Kevin? Because y'all were there. Almost uninhabitable building uh, that we stayed in. Uh, plumbing not working. As Peggy was fixing our meals, water was coming down the wall when uh, somebody was in the shower. Literally, the guy showed up. No air condition. And you're like, well, you're in Pittsburgh. Well, it, usually it doesn't get hot, but you know the two weeks it does get hot? Right around July 4th. And it's hot. It's like 100 degrees hot up there. And like hardly anybody has air conditioning. The only way we had to get cool was to go in the basement. Well, going to the basement in the house we stayed in wasn't an option because when somebody flushed the toilet, some of that came out in the pipes in the basement. So we didn't go to the basement there. We had to go back to the basement at the church because it was hot. And us guys were on the third floor. 100 degrees at night, you take a cold shower and you get out and you're sweating while you dry yourself off. These are American hardships. We don't even understand what it's like to be in other places. But God drew us. And we saw those lights. And when we went back the next year, even though things really didn't go well with that trip, I know the, next year, the first year things were amazing. The second year, things weren't as prepared on their end. But I know while we were there, it's because God used it in my heart because those two little boys that we saw their families were at church that morning. They weren't there before. They weren't just had gotten saved. Their families had plugged in and were digging deeper. And it encouraged my heart. This uh, picture kind of prepared us for that. This one was a South Carolina. It was a little bit crazy. It was hot. But we had running everything and all things worked. But another great group that kind of prepared. And, and as we were there serving, God pricked my heart that there was more. And had I not been there, I don't know that we would have ever went to Pittsburgh later. How God just moved in a way there, and we saw life changed and had to step out of our comfort zones. This one, I know it's hard to tell, but the youth um, on this one had partnered with one of our senior Sunday school classes. And we went shopping for families for Christmas. The youth had made some sacrifices. Many of them had done small jobs to bring in 5 or $10 or beg mom and dad. And then we went and we bought these items and gifts. And I was able to take them to families that weren't going to have Christmas. But it was just awesome to see how they all came together. It wasn't about them. They were celebrating what God wanted to do in their lives, in somebody else's life. Because everybody that got a gift from this organization got the gospel before they got their gifts. They got the best gift before they got the material. This was my first actual mission trip from here. And as I started thinking back, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. For those that went, we went to Boone. Now, our church had done mission trips, but the first one I got to go on, we went to Boone. There would have been an ice storm that had hit, 
And we went up there, um, and we were working with Samaritan's Purse, and uh, God just moved. It was the first trip that I had been able to go on. And uh, part of that was interesting because it's a lot harder to walk in deep snow than I thought. I never realized that there could be how much drifts could be because we would be walking carrying limbs. And next thing you know, um, I would be like ankle deep. And the next thing you know, I was waist deep because I didn't know if I was getting ready to walk off the side of the mountain or not uh, there. And so it was, it was a challenging uh, trip, but God... God used it so much the first week that we decided to go back the next week, uh, and we did it two weeks in a row, and uh, served back to back weekends. I think this was the second week or the first week I can't remember, but I think it was the second. I think the first week we had a small group. And we told them how much work there was. More people went with us the next week, and God just uh, used. I don't, I don't know. God took us to Boone, and I feel like that's where God's calling me now. That first mission trip. Caswell, God always showed up at Caswell with our group. This was, this was not the first year. This was the second year of me taking uh, youth to Caswell and how God showed up there in our, in our youth and started to grow just the relationships. I know one of our later trips to Caswell and how God had continued to grow our youth. Uh, another one of those Caswell trips, the porches there were just amazing to be able to be on there and share time with, and the memories that were had. The men's fishing trip, I think it may have been one of our largest fishing groups there, uh, and was one of the sweetest times of just fellowship there with all the guys that went fishing. Um, was thankful to have my son be able to go on those fishing trips, even though he was... Uh, not necessarily as concerned about the fishing as he was about just talking to everybody and uh, wanting to make sure y'all listened to what he had to say. And then how excited he was when uh, some sort of going that was his own age. And I remember um, when him and Roman were catching, were catching double fish and had a challenge going on. I don't know if you remember that, Roman, but you were catching two at a time. And Jackson was, y'all were reeling them in. Even though they weren't big, it was much more fun to be catching than fishing. <laughs> this was um, Gotel Camp. One of those trials came a little bit when, every, when I first came here. Every year they had always went to Caswell. I had a little bit of pushback, thankful for uh, Pastor Daniel at that time, that kind of gave me some cover, said, let him follow God. And God was calling us to go, I felt like, to Gotel Camp. We took 25 with us that year. 19 of them got saved. God was at work and did a, a thing in our group at that time. And God has used the Gotel camp many times since. Another group, we went off campus this year, and there's a, it's a beautiful waterfall. The picture doesn't do it justice, but having our group out there, off the campus, seeing that waterfall, just seeing God's amazing beauty there. Another uh, group there at um, Gotel and how God worked and moved. Uh, this was a, a different Gotel. God was doing something different in Georgia, and the Gotel we had always went to, it was sold. It was the Georgia Baptist Conference Center. It was sold, and Gotel Camp had to find a new location. So we drove all the way to Alabama this last year. Had fun with our paintball guns. But this story, it started out with the night before 
that God had been speaking to me that we didn't have everybody that was supposed to go. And I couldn't get away from it, and I had fought it all day. Maybe it would have been better if I would have called earlier, but I was like, well, God, everything's already done. I don't want to go through this. And about six or seven that night, God would not leave me alone. The Spirit, and I was like, all right, I'll call. I'll text, or whatever it is. I said, but they're going to say no. There's no way. And God, uh, God showed up, and the two, two came with us that I felt like God was supposed to be there. That was a God thing. See how God showed up? Even when you feel like it's too late. Be obedient to what God says to do. Leave the results up to Him. And I'm so thankful that they responded positively and they came and that God showed up in their lives. And eternities are changed because of that. And just so you know, on the flip side, for there to be opening, somebody ended up having to get sick. Because there was no more openings. Somebody wasn't able to go because somebody else was supposed to go. How God can use those things. We don't even realize it at the time. But God used them by not being able to go to open a door for somebody that needed to be there. We don't always understand, but God has a plan. Talking about opening homes, we did a Christmas progressive dinner and people opened their homes to all these teenagers. Had a chance to go through homes. Some of those sweet memories of when you do open up those homes, what God can do. When you get outside of those normal settings. And then just had to throw one silly one in. <laughs> that bowling alley has seen us a lot. It looks different in there, but it still smells the same. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> but it's all there is to do since the skate land's gone and the theater's gone. So what else are you to do in Statesville? But go bowling. Lots of bowling trips. Thankful that they always worked out deals for us. It was a great way for youth to invite friends. Many times that would be the first entrance to somebody, whether it be a pool party, uh, a bowling thing, a VBS, something fun is where God started to draw somebody and how it moved from there. Just another one from uh, going uh, snow tubing. I'll never forget that year because we were up there to go snow tubing, but they had more fun on the snow pile. There was a big old pile in the parking lot. I should have not paid for tickets to go to the tubing park. We should have just played in the parking lot. And it becomes it makes a lot more sense now that I'm a dad that sometimes the box is more valuable than the toy. I don't know if you all have seen that, but sometimes the box gets more plain than the toy ever did. So it's like, okay, preparing me for being a dad. And just the being obedient to missions and thankful for just what God's been doing down east. Even during COVID, when everything else was shut down, God opened the door. God changed plans. And just seeing God move this past year, we didn't see the salvation, but we saw kids come even in the monsoon. And last year, uh, the earlier before that, we saw 12 salvations down there. And just God's doing something down east as well. That he's on the move. 
So celebrate, but also surrender to His plans in the present. And I pray as we looked at those pictures, we're not celebrating me, we're celebrating what God did. Because it's all about what He did. He showed up. If He wouldn't have showed up, it would have just been a trip. But because He showed up, lives were changed. Surrender to His plans in the present. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonments and afflictions await me. Afflictions there means compressed, squeezed, crushed. doesn't sound very pleasant. If you follow God, though, there's going to be some afflictions. There's going to be some trials if you're truly pressing in and following Him. Paul was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was preparing Paul, not prohibiting him. In our journey, I know that uh, people have asked, well, is there, is there a reason why you're leaving? And really the only thing I can tell you is because I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling. It's not because Charles or anybody is saying it's time for you to go. I don't want any of that to come into anyone's head here. That is not, that is not the case. And it's not because I am upset or angry at anybody. It's just because I feel like God's calling. I would much rather have stayed. I really would. I really would much rather, like if it was up to me, I would want, I want to be here because I feel like God's doing something. I want to be a part of what God's doing right here. I don't, want, I don't want to leave. But I want to be obedient more than I want to stay. I would much rather wait because we've kind of figured out our family dynamic and all the things with taking care of our boys and found that life, how that works and how ministry life works. I don't really want to change that, but I want to be obedient to God. And maybe one day God will open the door because I love, I love faith. I love all of you. Maybe God will call me back, but right now I've got to go where God's calling me to go. And I say all that to say, you know, if any of the youth are being called to moon or any of those youth workers, you know, they need to surrender and come on, you know. Maybe some of the praise team and brand, I don't know. But in all reality, God's calling all of us to surrender to Him at some point. Where's He calling you to surrender? Maybe it's at work to share Maybe it's something in your family you need to surrender. Maybe it's something that you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing that's drawing you from God instead of to God. Surrender that. He's got a plan for you. When we become a Christian, we relinquish control and submit to the Spirit's leading. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you, none among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. I pray that's not true. <laughs> only one person. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> I had to pay you later. But yes, I, I really pray that I see you. 
that we're going to be here for a while still, and that uh, Boone really isn't that far to, uh, to still be around and to see you. Paul was bold and determined. When you look there, he was an accountant because he always was keeping account. He was not keeping an account to his own, but he was saying, is it profitable to the Lord or is it not? You look at his life, Paul is that accountant. He's checking everything to see if it's bringing value, if it's bringing glory to God. Paul was a runner. And as Paul neared the finish line, he did not let up. He kept going. That's kind of been my challenge. I don't want to let up. I want to keep going. I want to keep pressing. I want to finish my course. I want to challenge all. Don't coast. Keep running. Don't, Don't try to hit cruise control. Don't try to just make it through. Press. Press in. Keep running. Paul was a steward. He realized that he owned nothing, but he possessed everything. And what I mean by that, everything he had, he managed it for the Lord, and everything that he needed, God had given him, and he was a steward of it. Paul was a witness. He testified to the things that God had done, things that he had saw, and he was a herald. He went and declared things. The thing about a herald compared to a witness is a witness talks about what he has seen or what he's heard. But a herald goes out there and he tells what the king has to say. So are we going out there and saying what the king of kings had told us to go and say? Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, but Paul declared the counsel of God's word. Paul was a watchman. Paul didn't skip the controversial. Whatever it was in the counsel of God, when he came across it, he taught it. That's what you have to do. Now, when there was something going on with the youth, I didn't look for every single verse that talked about that and bring it every week from now until things changed. Kept going. And if it was in that text, we talked about it. If it wasn't, we talked about what was in the text. Declare God's Word, but not just the parts you want or the parts that are convenient, but all of it. Some parts are hard. Some parts are hard for us to say, step on our own toes, but we've got to declare it. It's got to challenge us. Pastors have to be shepherds, but also soldiers. We've got to watch the sheep, but sometimes we have to fight off the wolves. Thinking about that watchman on the wall like Ezekiel, that he was declaring that be alert, there's, there's warnings coming. That's what Paul's saying here when there's innocent of the blood, that Paul's saying, I didn't shrink away from telling you the truth. I told you all the truth. Now you've got to act on it. You have to believe it. You have to put it into practice because I can only do so much. Now it's on you. And Paul was obedient to do all that he was called to do. 
And I've tried to declare all the things that I feel like God's called me to do. And as much as I want to continue to feed you, it's time that you pick it up, the spoon, and feed yourselves. And I know Charles is going to continue to do that, but even he would tell you he wants you to grow on your own. He wants you to dig deep on your own. And then he's going to help you get a bigger shovel and dig deeper. And that's really one of the things that I've seen him do in my life. Is that it's always, there's always deeper to go. There's always more to know. As I think about the, the present, this isn't really a present anymore, but this was our most recent trip. I want to throw this picture up there because this was an answered prayer. And I didn't even think about it until we were already there. But last year we were at Strength to Stand in Tennessee, and we took one van load. And I remember in that van before we left to come home, the discussion prompted us to pray, hey, let's pray that next year we have to bring two vans. God answered that prayer this year. We had to take two vans that were pretty full, 25. How God showed up. We prayed it, not because we're valuing the numbers, but because we wanted life to be changed. And God showed up and we took two vans. Now maybe next year we'll pray that God needs three vans or a, or a bus that doesn't leak fluid. And then on Wednesday, I didn't really know what to expect, and I was trying to get through Wednesday, but I should have got more pictures of all the youth that were there. I think I finally left here at 9.45 Wednesday night, as I had a chance to share all the thank yous, all the cards, all of the hugs, all the words. All that makes it a little hard to surrender in the present, but still being obedient to what God's calling us to do. And serve faithfully in the future. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, night or day, to admonish everyone with tears. Paul reminds them that there is dangers in the battle. Now, I am praying that none of these things happen as I leave, because you've got a great shepherd in Charles. He, he, he's not afraid to declare the word. And you have Andy and Alan that are some great elders. There's some leadership here. But we all still have to press in and follow. We can't, we can't get sidetracked. we got to keep our main thing the main thing and our eyes focused on the main thing. There's dangers around us. There's those wolves and there's dangers among us. And there's even dangers within us. We can fail to stay alert, we can um, and now I commend you to God in the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I covet in no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my 
necessities and to those who are with me. And all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Some of the dangers within us are failing to grow a relationship and experience. Don't, don't fail to grow. We've got to keep growing. I had a great coach in high school that told me, if you're green, you're growing. If you're red, you're rotting. So stay green. Not necessarily in the world way, but maybe that's not a bad thing. But he challenged us as a tomato. As long as a tomato is on the plant and on the vine and it's green, you know that it's growing. And God is at work. He said, as soon as you start to turn red and you fall off of there, you're rotting. Stay attached to the vine. Make sure we're staying into that power source. I think I went too far there. Coveting, laziness, and selfishness. Those are all things that can build up real quick. And coveting can be a big thing. Coveting can lead to all those others realizing that, realizing to be content with what God has for us. Don't be lazy. There's work to be done. There's work to do. God's called us all to work and get together and keep moving forward. And don't be selfish. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, as Paul says, Jesus said that, you're all like, well, I can't find that in the Gospels. Well, John tells us that if everything that was written down, the world couldn't contain it. So we can know that Jesus said this. We're almost finished here. Philippians 1, this is something that God has been just working in my heart as I've been preparing to go through this as well. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the, end, at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me in grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I want you to know that I'm going to be taking all those memories with me. That God has used you and been a part to draw me closer to God and to, and to spur me on. And as God brings you to my mind, I promise I will pray for you. But I want to challenge you, will you pray for me and my family? Will you pray for my boys as we transition? I don't even know how the transition will be for them. If you'll pray for them and pray for us. And as those memories come, and if I come across a picture, I might post it or send it to you. So just be aware um, that you could become part of a sermon illustration or a Facebook post. <laughs> but know that I pray that God uses it. I think all of you signed disclaimer saying I could use your picture. <laughs> if you didn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too late. I'm also sure that who, that Jesus that began that good work in you is going to carry it on. He's not done. He's not done with me. He's not done with faith. He's not done with you. 
Run that race. Finish it. Don't let up. Don't coast. Keep moving. But I also thank you for being that partaker. You, many churches, I think, struggle with finding people that are willing to volunteer and step in. And y'all have really stepped in and been there. Now, as Charles mentioned, there's going to be even more need for you to step up and serve faithfully. But God's calling you to do it. Step out and be obedient. Come alongside him. Come alongside the others. Come alongside whoever's at need here, whoever God brings, and help serve them like you've helped serve me. So that God can get the glory and lives can continue to be changed. I want to throw this up there as well, just so as I'm trying to serve faithfully, this is where I'm going to give you just kind of a bird's eye view of it. This is where God is, I feel like God has called us to go. And as we were praying, if God was ever going to move me, one of the things I felt like I was going to need as a confirmation was right here, is that it had to have a gym. Because I feel like God's calling me continue to minister with kids whether it be basketball or baseball, and they have a gym, they have a ministry where they had 200 kids in a basketball ministry before COVID that has not started back. And my prayer was, that God, if you're going to move me, I feel like that's an area that you're calling me. And so um, as we started to reach out, it seemed like that was where God was calling me and just had the peace. And so I'm praying that God brings back not just 200, but even more for a basketball league that's there and that God would use it not for basketballs and all that to be taught but for his gospel to go out and for lives to be changed and so if you're wanting to know those are the things that I was praying that God if you're going to move me these are, these are my list this is my fleece so to speak like because I don't want to leave and I was like alright Lord I'm going to pray that you do something then so I just wanted you to know that that's where God's calling me in the future to serve right now. But where's he calling you? Because he's not just calling me, he's called all of us. Step out and serve. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I hope that my fight and my race is not done yet. And I'm prayful that maybe this is just one chapter here today that's closing and a new chapter that's being written. But I want to challenge you. Keep fighting the good fight. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Celebrate what God has done in the past, but don't dwell there. Are you willing to surrender to God? Maybe today... You've heard all these things and these memories. Maybe you don't have these kind of faith stories. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. But maybe today would be the day that you surrender your life to God. Surrender your plans to become His plans. And are you ready to serve? Because I feel like God's calling us all to go and serve somewhere. Whether that be here or somewhere else. As Charles mentioned the vision earlier, I don't, God speaks to me, but I don't get nearly as many visions as other people. But when he does, I try to remember it because it seems like they kind of come back. And one of them had to do with me and another person. And I remember we were trying to chase Charles down. And he wouldn't stop. 
He just kept going and got in his car, but he didn't get in the driver's seat, which was really weird. And I just assumed I knew who was in the driver's seat, but I never saw it. And so I don't know all the things that that means, but it started to show to me that the other person that was in the dream, that God started to give them another ministry. God's calling me to a new ministry. And that God's saying that we've learned what we needed to from Charles. He had us in his life, and now it's time to go. Even though at the time I thought he was leaving me, which is why I went to go talk to him. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't you stop? I was calling you, and you wouldn't even turn around. But God started to reveal things later. I didn't understand it at the time. So when God gives you something, write those down, write them in your heart, and maybe God will start to show you what those mean. I don't even know if it still knows what I mean, but it means a lot more to me now than it did when I first had it. And I pray that what God's doing in your life, that it continues to mean more and more to you, that you see Him move. Celebrate, surrender, and serve. Remember today, celebrate truck with an S for today. All right? I love you all. Will you join me with prayer? God, I just want to thank you for this day. It's a chance to declare your word, God, and remember what you've done. And God, that you're not done. Lord, I just look forward to hearing more stories, God. God, but I just want to challenge everyone in this room, Lord, that they're not content to just hear somebody else tell stories. God, that they want to have their own faith stories. That they'll step out, get out of the boat, whatever the context or picture is, that they'll follow you with all their heart, all their soul, and all their strength. God, I pray that we'll get off the side of the shore and off the beach, God, and into the deep water where only you can sustain us. And if you don't, we're going to sink. God, we need you to lift us up. Guide us with each step. Lord, I just pray again today, Lord, that you just, your spirit would have its way and freedom in this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Tim, I'm going to have you sit in the front row. Holly and the boys, I'd like for you guys to come up and sit in the front row with Tim. Okay, all you kids... I know it's long for you to sit, so all you kids, stand up really quick. All kids, stand up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hands up, and I want you to spin around three times, and then I want you to sit down. There, you got some of your wiggles out there. Awesome. Okay. Don't fall off the chair, Lincoln. I see you, buddy. We have a video um, that I'd like to, to have the guys in the back fire up for us. Um, uh, Cass Medlin, who does a lot of, who does our digital media things. You know what, Jace has such like a beautiful smile, but in pictures, he just loses it somewhere. I was looking at those pictures. I had them up on my phone because I was following your PowerPoint. And he's just there like, huh, Jace? <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Are we ready with it? Okay, let me turn off the lights here real quick. All right. Hey, Tim. It's Ben. I'm sad that you're leaving, but I hope you have a nice time in Boone. Thank you for being there for the youth, and thank you for being there for me. Behold, I send a messenger before your face who will prepare your way. First Mark 2-3. Thank you, Tim, for what you've done in our church and this community. Thanks so much, Tim, for being a great youth pastor and mentor. We're really going to miss you. Hey, Tim and Holly. Just wanted to thank you guys for the way that you poured into my life these last 15 years. And serving with you this last year has just been the icing on the cake. I pray that God blesses you as you continue your journey. Pastor Tim, thank you for being our youth pastor. We are so thankful for all the time you've given us. Over the years, you've taught us so much and encouraged us so much on our walk with Jesus. You have been the one that we have looked to all these years. You've been Paul to us. Like he said, you can mimic me as I mimic God. Hey Tim, just learned that you're going to be leaving. I just want to say thank you for being such a very positive person in my life. And thank you for everything you have done and what you have taught me. Hello, uh, I just want to say thank you for helping me feel comfortable and welcomed into the youth group whenever I first joined. And I wish you luck on your journey to your new church in Boone. Tim and Holly, thank you guys for serving the Lord. I enjoyed youth group, the many trips to Caswell, and hearing you, Tim, simply read the Word of God to us and teach it like we need it. So God bless uh, and take care. Tim, there's a million and one things that I could say about how you've impacted my life and those of faith and the Statesville community, um, but we'll keep it short. So I'm just thankful for you and Holly and for being such wonderful and uh, deep-rooted spiritual mentors. I love you guys. Hi, this is Seth from Youth. I just wanted to take a few seconds from my day and just say thank you, Tim, for everything you've done in my life. You've been so much to me and just I can't say enough. God bless you and just be with you while you go through your next journey in life. Thank you for all the opportunities you've given me to go on youth trips and mission trips. And thank you for always being someone I can go to with problems. And good luck with your new job and Moon. I just want to thank you for being the best youth pastor to me and for welcoming me into the church and treating me like family. I just want to wish you luck on what you're going to do at this new church and how the people you're going to help in the future and with what you're going to do. Hey Tim, I would just like to say how appreciative I am of you. You've changed my life so much and you've changed so many others too. I've learned so much in my few months at Faith. The new church is very lucky to have you and we will miss you very much. Mr. Tim, you inspired me to follow God. Hey Tim, we just wanted to thank you for all the sacrifice that you've made for our church and our family, and especially Emma over these last several years. Thank you for all the love that you've poured into her life and pointing her to Jesus. We love you. Awesome. Amy, Amy, Amy. Can you get the lights? The lights. I kicked, I kicked Tim out of the Facebook youth group page that he ran for 15 years. Um, and I put just a call out there for anybody who is still connected. Hey, send me 15 seconds about what Tim has meant to you. And so that's, you saw people that I've never even met because they were here before my time. So um, they went back deep for that. Tim, I'm going to have you come up. 
real quick just by yourself for right now. And we got a couple gifts for you. So go ahead and open that. And I'm going to have to tell you in which order to pull things out so I can explain it as we go. Yeah, there's not a, be no snake. There's no jack in the box. There's no rubber snake coming out. Grab the yeah, the one that's on top first. Oh, is it all wrapped together? All wrapped together. Uh, I, I know that because I wrapped it. I knew they were all wrapped together. <laughs> all right, pull the, the big box out. There's two small ones, but just pull the big box out first. And so what I got, Tim, here was a Swiss Army knife. It, it's the one that has like 24 gadgets and... That's Tim in a nutshell for this church. Uh, something wrong with the toilets? Tim's on it. Youth needs to be ministered? Tim's on it. Somebody needs to be prayed for? Somebody's been forgotten? Tim's on it. Um, so that's, that's where that is. And then go to the little ones. Those are two of the same thing, but just pick up one. So that one is for the past. The Swiss Army knife is you here, and this is for your future. It's a coach's whistle. <laughs> Andy, Allen, Andy and Allen, can you guys come on up? And that's just for what God's doing for you in the future. I want, I want 200 and more kids to hate that whistle. My Indoborn that, megaphone. Yeah, yeah. No, my <laughs> megaphone's staying here. Don't touch it. <laughs> I want them to hear that whistle and be like, ah, suicides again. That's, that's a running thing. Um, just make that clear. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tim, uh, I'd like for you to have a seat here really quick. And you're going to need to take off your socks and your shoes for this one. Andy and Alan, you can join me up here.
washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. board up here. This is our act of thanks that goes far beyond anything we could articulate or say. It's our act of service for you as you leave, as you follow God's voice. point that I forgot to make when I told you that Tim saved me a lot of hardship and heartache was that when he told us as, a, as an elder board that he was leaving, the first 30 seconds in my mind, I said, no, no, what are you doing? And then he just said, I feel like this is what God wants for me and my family. And I said, okay, I trust that. I trust that you hear God. I trust that you know his voice. And so from that point forward, all three of us have said, okay, how do we bless Tim and Holly and the family? And so this is what we want to do for you right now, Tim.
Show everybody your big smile. <laughs> Tim, if you could come stand next to Holly, or you can stand off the step. Andy, Allen, I want us to be the first three right here. And then if you were ever at any point an active deacon at Faith Church, I want you to come up and I want you to be the next line. Daniel, I'd like for you to join this next line. face the Lowry family because we're going to pray for them. And then for those who would like, come fill in the rest of the front area to come and pray. This is our, this is our, we're sending him. Okay, boys, we got to get closer here. Let's get comfy. There we go. This is our sending. If you feel like you want to stay in your seat, you can stay in your seat, and that's fine. But for those who want to come up, towards the back you can stretch out a hand put the hand on the shoulder in front of you we'll make a chain we'll just pray for them now Father <clears throat> thank you first of all for your presence thank you for your goodness Thank you for the times and memories that have been made building your kingdom with this family. Father, we lift up Tim Lowry right now as we send him and his family into the fields to continue to serve you. Father, I pray that you would give him wisdom. I pray that you give him strength. I pray that you give him health. I pray that your presence would go wherever he goes. And Father, we just, uh, we bring before you Holly, as she is his help. And as they are one in ministry, I pray that you would just walk hand in hand with them. Father, I pray for Jackson and Josiah and Jace, these young men of God that you're raising up to be mighty warriors one day. God, we thank you how we've already seen your hand on their life. 
and we just anticipate seeing how you use them. Father, bless Boone. Bless that city. Bless Greenway. Bless that church, the people in that church, the people that Pastor Tim and Holly and their family are going to encounter. Jesus, it's all about you. We love you. We thank you for your work. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the nine years of my life that I was able to not only serve here, but serve alongside uh, Tim, as well as these uh, other men in the elder body. And I couldn't have asked for a more perfect Aaron, somebody to hold up my arms while I was here. I know he's done the same for Charles. And I count those some of the most precious years of my life. And um, as I was joking with them earlier from our first night of talking together, Lord, um, on our journey in ministry together, going, we don't have a clue what we're doing. I thank you for the uh, joy of the adventure and the excitement of chasing after you because it was the only thing we had. And um, he was always somebody I could turn to. And just like Charles said, go, I'll always stand beside you, but I think you're going the wrong way. Um, or one time when he really had to just ream into me, <laughs> we both said, I think we're on the same team. And he said, I know that we are. His friendship has just meant the world. And Lord, I pray for him and Holly. Um, I pray for their protection. I think the last six years of uh, ministry for me were incredibly difficult. So I just pray for them that they uh, don't have to go through trials and tribulations, Lord, but they would take what they've learned here in this place and they would carry, Lord, this anointing where they go. Um, and Lord, that darkness would flee from um, you on them, Lord. Um, as I believe it was Peter's shadow, Lord, that wherever he went, uh, God, you were there because he carried you. I pray that Tim and Holly would do that and uh, just protect them, Jesus, in your name. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence that we have fell here today. Lord, I pray right now for Tim and Holly as they go on a journey just like Abraham went on a journey. Lord, that he didn't know where he's going, but I pray, Lord, that you will guide them and, and lift them up. Lord, I pray for this church that is going to receive him and Holly that they are going to receive a blessing. God, you might use it. In a mighty way. I pray, God, that you'll provide all his needs. Lord, we just thank you for the years that we've known him and Holly and how you bless this church in them. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. When you were talking about Jericho earlier, I felt like this is what God was saying. I think he's saying that you and Holly are the wall breakers. That you will be the head of an army. 
but it's not who you're expecting. It's not going to be the best and brightest. It's going to be the fringe. It's going to be the ones you won't expect. And then to mix biblical stories, it's the army of sling and stone. The army that goes up against giants. So, Father, bless them as they go. Fill them each with the unique gifting that they need for their next season in life, Father. For their boys, Lord. Just seeing Jace, the evangelist, Jackson, the teacher, and Josiah, the seer. Father, let it be so in their lives that you gift them. God, give them the unique connection, the connection with their people at Greenway that allows them to speak into their lives, that allows them to be conduits for the power of God. So, Father, we send them with open arms. Tears coming down our faces, but with open arms. So, God, let it be done in their lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, find your way back to your seat really quick. Michael Moore texted me and he said, hey, I think I got a couple verses and one of them is Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. And when I read it, I was like, this is very fitting. It says, and Nehemiah, who was the governor and Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. And then he said to them, go your way. And here's what we're going to do right now. Well, part of it. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet wine. Don't worry, people. The sweet tea. Yes, thank you. And send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy, and do not be grieved. And all the people went on their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they understood the words that were declared to them. So we're going to go. We're going to go to the fellowship hall, and we're going to go eat and fellowship and reminisce and hug and weep and rejoice and do all of that. So everybody is invited to go over there. I didn't bring anything. I don't care. All you have to bring is an appetite. And it's after 12, so I don't even keep you guys that long. Um, sometimes. So we're going we're gonna to go out there. We're going to start serving food in about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, so God bless you. Thank you for being a part of sending Tim off. Whether you realize it or not, this was 
this is a day that means something in the history of faith. It's a day that, that we'll look back on and be able to see the hand of the Lord. So God bless and come join us for some food. Amen.